Good morning, New Heights. Uh, my name is Sean Schwartzman, and a little bit about me. I am a, a Fayetteville guy. I was born and raised here. I was born at the old Washington Regional and left for about a year, but other than that, uh, this is where I have lived. Uh, I've been a part of New Heights Church here for not good with dates. I think it's over 10 years, though, and I love I, I love this place. I, I love the emphasis on our community. I love that we don't just say it. It's, it's what we're passionate about. We, we desire to, to be a church that uh, changes, changes our community. That, that if we weren't here, things would be different around us. And uh, so that's, that's something that's important to me. Uh, this is my family. Um, that's, that's our group. We, we've got them all the way from 20-something all the way down to 20 months. So we're kind of we're spread around a little bit. Um, and I also work at an organization called Potter's House. I've worked there for about 20 years. And the, the heartbeat, the passion of Potter's House is uh, we would say that our, our community is disconnected. Uh, and the major disconnects across socioeconomic and ethnic lines. And we want to do all we can to uh, bridge and bring together those disconnections. And so we want to bring with real relationships people together and we have lots of different programs that do that and bring people together where where we move towards life on life in our community. And we think that's the magic where people experience Jesus and the resources of our community are opened up and experienced. Uh, And if you're more interested in Potter's House at some point you can go back to the back and we have a booth with information and things back there. But uh, I, I would say some actions we do and then we move on. Some things in life we just do and then we move on to the next thing. And some actions uh, come from deep within our soul and they're, they're tied and they're a part of our identity. Some things we just move on and some things are, are come deep, deep within us. Uh, one, of my, one of my sons was playing basketball a few years ago. And the way it worked is you played a game and then there was a gap in the middle, and then you played another game. And so he played his first game, and he and I were leaving the court, and, and I, I kind of turned on parent hat, and I was like, okay, hey, let's, let's talk through how you did. And okay, great shots, and, and you were hustling. Here, here's something I think you could do a little bit better, and, and, and you know, uh, what about your teammates? And so I'm prepping him for the next game. And, and my mind is going towards, okay, he's got a little break, and this whole time we're walking towards the concession stand and and so I'm I'm reviewing and then going forward and I'm probably sweating more than he is just because I'm getting him ready and so we we get there and we get in line at the concession stand and and I'm done and I've got him all ready and I and I look and I go solo you know what what are you thinking and just as serious as I'll get out and totally sincere he looks at me he calls me Baba he looks at me he goes Baba I'm thinking nachos (laughs) and uh it some things we do and then we just move on he had totally moved on from basketball to nachos and he was ready Uh, same son my family took a trip to uh, Los Angeles to see my two brothers and when we were out there we encountered um, a decent amount of homeless that were just kind of out on on the streets or sidewalks and at one point we went out to dinner in a little shopping center and a little strip center, and there was a restaurant here, and there's an ice cream place on the other side. So we went to the restaurant, and then as we walked to the ice cream place, we passed a homeless man who was sitting there. And we got into the ice cream place, and, and my, 
Solomon, my son, uh, I could just tell something was different. And we ordered ice cream, and 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 I looked at him and I said, "Hey, Solo, what's what, what's up? What's wrong?" And he said, I, "I think I'm I think I'm supposed to buy that homeless man some ice cream." And I said, oh, "Okay, well let's let's go do it." And so we walked outside, and and we went up, and we met him, and we introduced ourselves, and and we you know found out his name, and. Uh, found out his favorite kind of ice cream and we went in we bought him ice cream and we talked for a little bit and and then we moved on well I thought we moved on uh, we were flying home uh, the next day or a couple of days later and I'm sitting in an aisle seat and my wife's over here and then on the next aisle it's Solomon and some of our other kiddos and as we're flying into the flight a little bit I, I look over and I and I look at him and he's got tears streaming down his face and I'm like Solo what's wrong? He said, Bob, I can't stop thinking about that man that we bought ice cream for. Some things we do, some actions we do, and we just move on. And we're thinking nachos. Some actions come from deep within our soul, and they're tied to our identity, and they're tied to who we are. Uh, Our series here at New Heights has been on the spiritual disciplines. And so we've been talking through disciplines not that we need to do and check off and we need to do better at and, and, and strive towards, but disciplines that, that will draw us to a greater intimacy with Jesus. Disciplines that, that uh, those of us, a group of people that we want to know Jesus deeply, disciplines that we want to grab a hold of and we want to practice more and, and in order to know our Savior more. Here's an excerpt uh, from Sarah who wrote in of just how this has kind of impacted her. I've absolutely loved the Drinking Deep series. It has touched my heart in so many ways, especially the teaching on rest. Rest is something that I've never been really good at. I have a tendency to be very legalistic and so it has been hard for me to find time to rest because when I'm not performing the way I think that I should be, I can allow shame to fill my thoughts. However, the Lord has been showing me that he is my rest and he, and that he desires me to have rest. I say all of this not to say that I've mastered rest or any of these other spiritual disciplines that we have been learning, but to say that our Father in heaven has been working and shaping my heart to see these principles as mechanisms of love and not of shame, that they are meant to humble me and show me my need for Christ, but also to show me that having a relationship with Abba is the best and the goodest thing on the planet. Today, we're going to talk about the discipline of service. So the, the next um, spiritual discipline would be the discipline of service. And, and I think we could take this and we could talk about how we as a body should be doing acts of service. And, and we could have the goal that we would all leave here and there would be more service done. More of us would sign up that, that we're going to serve. And, and honestly, it may go something like this. It, it may be, hey, there are kids like, like this little one or, or this next one or this next one. These kiddos, with an hour of your week, you could, you could change their faces. You could take their sadness and turn it to joy. You, you could take their pain and do incredible things and, and you could shift it all around their whole week. Or you could sign up for Potter's House. You could sign up for Smokers. Or you could get here an hour early and set up chairs. 
and, and I think that we could motivate and we could be a body that would serve more. And, and honestly, that wouldn't be a bad thing because as the people that follow Jesus, service should be a mark on our lives. Uh, service should be something that at the end of all of our days, at our funeral, it said, she gave and she served. He gave until it hurt. So th- this could be a-, a way that we go, but what I believe is, is really a-, a better theology, a better thing for us to understand as we look at the discipline of service is not that we would be people who go and serve, but that we would actually be servants, that our identity would change, that we would view ourselves in a different way, and we wouldn't say, here, I'm a person and I'm going to go do service, and then I'm going to go throughout my life. No, I am a servant. Every moment of every day, my identity is shifted to being a servant. Three truths that are going to drive our discussion this morning. The first one, it is not motivation that we need, it is perspective. Unless we get the proper perspective, we're just going through the motions. It, it's, it's not more motivation, it's not more um, uh, knowledge or something that we need, it's just, it's a proper understanding and perspective of actually who we are. What was Jesus' perspective of his life? We're, we're going to look at that a lot. We're going to look at our master, the one who went before us, and we're going to see what was his perspective. And his perspective was he's, he was a servant, that, that he gave everything up, he gave his rights up, and he was a servant. Think of the people in your life that you would say uh, serve well or are servants, or the heroes of the faith. The, those people, I don't believe, the ones, the ones in my life, it's not that at some point they got the proper motivation in order to go serve every day of their life. It's, it's, they just view themselves differently. They just view that they are, they have a different identity. They don't get up every morning and listen to a great podcast or, or have somebody look and motivate them, hey, today you should be a servant. No, no, no. There's something in them that they understand about who they are that they serve. That's, that's what they do. An example, if, if we talk about money or things, I could say, hey, we should be a people that gives money and, and our, our cars, should we, should we should lend our cars or if you have an empty bedroom, you should open it up for somebody to stay with you. I mean, things like that, I, I could say that. Or we could understand that everything that we've got actually isn't ours. Everything that we've got has just been given to us from Jesus, and we're just a manager of it. Well, it's a totally different mentality in the way that we view the things and our possessions. Either we need to be motivated or we just, we view it totally different. Second thing that's going to drive us, it is not opportunity or time that we lack, rather it is pride that hinders us. So it's, it's not that we need to clear our schedule. It's not that we need to set up lots of opportunities around this room for people to go and say, oh, hey, oh, that's an opportunity. Okay, oh, now, now, now I'm actually going to serve. It's, it's actually pride that gets in the way of us being servants. 
uh, I, I think through in scripture, there's different people that we see that Jesus interacted and he actually invited them to follow him. And, and a lot of people did that and they followed. Some people have missed, they missed that opportunity. I think, man, what stood in the way from such an unbelievable thing of walking around with Jesus while he was here on earth? And we're going to look at a couple of those. The first one is the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and he said, teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? So we're getting a little glimpse already. Here's this guy that comes up and he's going, hey, what, what, what do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus gives him a list of things and he goes, hey, okay, check, check, check. I got all those. Anything else that I lack? And Jesus says, well, okay, take everything you've got, give it to the poor and then come follow me. And it says that he went away sad because he was wealthy. So there was something in his paradigm, in his agenda, in his rights for his things that kept him from following the master. Something got in the way. And it wasn't opportunity. And it wasn't time. The way that he viewed his life and his things got in the way of him following Jesus. The next one, uh, Luke 9, 57 through 62. It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me, but he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God still another said I will follow you Lord but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family Jesus replied no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God each one of these guys had an agenda had a reason had something in their life that was kind of set above the thing that Jesus was allowing them to do and now we can look and we can go, man, that, that's a hard thing. Let me go bury my dad. A lot of commentators would tell us that it wasn't that his father had passed. It was probably that he wanted to wait until his father passed so he could get his inheritance and then bury his father and then he'd come follow. And Jesus is saying, that, that's not really how it works. It, it's not that you have your agenda and your goals and your life and then you just come do a little service with me. It's you lay everything down and, and you follow. You, you give it all up to follow. So we see in, in those different ones that it's not opportunity. It's not time. If it was opportunity and time that keeps us from service, what we would do is we'd pull out our calendars and we'd say, okay, how, what do we need to cut out? How do we need to plan our time better? Uh, what things do we need as a family? What's important, what's not? But if it's pride that gets in the way, what is it that we need? And we need repentance. It's not better planning. It's not better structure. It's not to be more efficient. It's to have a repentant heart. Say, Jesus, I, I've put myself at a higher place than I need to be. I value my things. I value myself higher than I ought to. I, I want to lay every part of me down and follow the master. Uh, the, the third 
thing that's going to lead us is uh, our teacher modeled for us the life that we should strive for. So this idea that we should become servants is just crazy in the world that we live in. I mean, it's totally backwards to everything that we hear. I mean, what we tend to hear is, hey, strive and push and achieve and be great and do the things that you need to do and look out for yourself. And so why would we do this? Okay, the reason we would do this is the master has laid out a plan before us. John 13, 12 through 14. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. So we have one of uh, a really critical time in Jesus's life with his followers. And so he is sitting down and he has washed their feet, which they all kind of pushed back on and said, hey, you can't do this. Jesus, you're great and you're coming in and you're about to do something that, that the lowly do, that the servants do. And so Jesus goes ahead and he does it. And it says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. So he's done all these things and now he's back. And he looks at him, he says, do you understand what I've done for you? So he said, I just did something and I want to make sure that you guys get it. I want to make sure that this is clear to you. He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. So two things here. Hey, you call me teacher and Lord, and I I am. I'm your teacher, I'm your Lord, and I want to make sure you understand what just happened. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You know what's strange? He said, teacher, Lord, you're right. He said, I want to make this clear. And then he, and then he says, you, you should wash each other's feet. We don't have any glimpse that anybody moves, anybody gets up, nobody starts washing each other's feet. And we don't even really see that they wash each other's feet the next day or that it becomes a practice. Hey, when you get together, take communion and wash each other's feet. That, that's just not something that we see. And we don't see that Jesus rebukes them for not doing this. So why is that? Jesus wasn't saying, hey guys, get up and wash each other's feet. He was saying, I walked into this room and I showed you that I'm your servant. I showed you that I am taking the lowest position and you as my disciples, that's the position that I want you to take. And so as you guys push back on me from not going and doing this act, this It's not an act. This is who I am and this is how I live and this is what I do. And I want you guys to do it. Not as a one-off, but I want you to do this with your life. I, I want this to be a part of who you are. So we see that Jesus modeled this for us. Um. Now we're going to look at the theology of a servant. We're going to look at three passages that just give us this idea of, okay, is, is this really what Jesus kind of lived and let out? The first one is Philippians 2, 5 through 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay? Makes total sense. We should have the same mindset as Jesus, who being in very nature God 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So here's Jesus. We're supposed to have the same mindset as him. Being very nature God said, nope, I'm putting all that down to take the nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So here we have the king of the universe saying, my mindset is that I laid down everything and I took on the nature of a servant, even to the point of death on a cross. And you're my followers and you're my disciples. Okay, next one. Luke 17, 7 through 10. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down and eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. And after that, you may eat and drink. Will he then thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. This one's a really hard one for me. It it just, because when I do something that I feel like I kind of went the extra mile for somebody, or I did something special, or I gave up some time, I just want to feel like I did something a little bit extra. I want to feel like the Lord should kind of go, hey, great, great job. You're you're doing really good. Or I want a person to look at me and go, hey, thanks so much. This kind of says that we don't get to do that. This, this sets the bar as when we do something and when we go throughout life and when we do things, let's say we gave everything up, our homes, our cars, our money and everything, we've only accomplished that which what we were supposed to have done. So when we're listening to the master and he asks us and he says, hey, give up a couple hours and come early and set up chairs. Okay. And you come and do it. You've only done that which what you were asked to have done. I don't thank my kids for going to school. I, I just don't. I thank them for working hard and I'm proud of them when they get good grades. I just, when they come home, I don't say, hey, thanks so much. You did a great job that you went to school. That's just not really a part. That's the baseline of something they're supposed to do Monday through Friday. And and here Jesus isn't setting a bar that he didn't set. He said, man, I'm giving my whole life. And that's what he was supposed to have done. Okay, Matthew 20, 20 through 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. So she comes, Jesus, I've got something I really want to ask. And she kneels before him. Please, just, just let one of the sons be at your right hand And the other at the left. Let them be in the two highest, greatest spots. That's all I'm asking of you, Jesus. That's what I want for my two sons. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. 
Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. So they were probably indignant for one of two reasons. Either they were saying, hey, this, this isn't what we're about. We're not striving in front of each other to try and get these highest places of honor. We're, we're supposed to be in this together. Or they were saying, hey, uh, we kind of wanted those seats for us. And, and honestly, human nature, it was probably the second. They were probably in the same mindset of, I want to be great. I, I want to get on one of those two. We, I gave up everything. He said, follow me, and I left. I don't want to be third in line. I kind of want to be first. At worst, I want to be second. And you guys, are, you guys are trying to do it. So Jesus calls him together, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Instead, whoever wants to be great, you want to be great? Okay. Must become a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he lays this down and goes, okay, you want to be great? You got to be a servant. You, you've got to lay everything down. And then he goes on to say, hey, I'm, I'm not saying anything I haven't done. Me, the king of the universe that you guys are exalting highly, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. So I've laid the, the path for you I've shown you what it looks like, and that's to be a servant. That's not to go and do acts of service in your life. That is to take the mentality and the understanding that we are servants. So we have these three truths guiding us. It's not motivation we need, it's perspective. It's not opportunity or time, rather it's pride that hinders us. And our teacher modeled this. And we've seen the theology coming from Jesus. Let's look at uh, a couple differences between doing service and actually taking the identity of a servant. The first one, doing service. The, the idea of this rich young ruler who had his life and then he wanted to come and, and just kind of do a couple things but still be able to hold his life. Um, so doing service, you deserve a thank you. Why do you deserve a thank you? Because you did something extra. This is my life and here's my plan and here's how I'm going to go about my life and, and I'll stop my things for an hour or maybe for a day or maybe for a week and, and, and take a trip or do something and I'll step over here and I'll do something for somebody. And then I'm going to step back into my world. So what these people should do is they, sh they should say thank you. They, they should... They should say, hey, you, that was really nice of you. That was really kind of you. And so, so I deserve a thank you. Now, I, I'll speak from the potter's house world and from, from the world of, hey, if we have volunteers, we should say thank you. So those of us who have people who do something for us, this isn't like crossing off that we shouldn't be grateful. You know, we should still be saying thank you. But, but with a servant mindset, you know, a person doing service, they say they deserve a thank you. 
Second one, serve those they find worthy of service. So they may look at children and go, oh, I I have a great deal of sympathy and, you know, these things are happening to them and so I'm, I'm willing to serve there. But, you know, there's some strangers down the street and uh, I just, I don't really get along with them. Uh, they kind of interact kind of differently. I don't, I don't have to serve there. But th- this one's a little bit easier. These friends of mine, I'll invite them over and I'll serve them. It's going to be awesome because they'll invite me back over and we really enjoy getting around each other. But those people that are different and, and we don't really know each other, you know, I, I don't have to serve. So I kind of get to pick those that are worthy of my service. Third one, you receive accolades for overly sacrificial service. Uh, I did something huge. I, I really gave a lot. Uh, I did something big. So, so I, I get accolades for, for being the best Christian, being a really good follower of Jesus. Ah, you've only done that which what you ought to have done. You only did what the Savior asked of you. Next one, uh, work done to feel good about yourself. Okay, I, I serve and I gave and I did something because, man, it makes me feel really good. So I, I'll go serve and I'll go do something and I may not even be thinking about the person that I'm serving. It may actually be detrimental for them what I'm doing, but, uh, but, but I'm gonna serve because I really like it and then I'm gonna move on and, hey, I feel really good, that was awesome. I gave, so I, I, I get to move on feeling really good. Last one, work that gives God reason to be pleased with you. All of these kind of feed down into this one. They all feed down into this idea that if I sacrifice, if I give, if I sacrifice more, if, if I give my blood and my money and my car, then God's gonna be pleased with me. And, and I'm just working and working and giving and giving so that God will be pleased with me. And Psalm 51, 16 and 17, it's not gonna be on the screen, but it says, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. It's saying, God, you don't delight in sacrifice. If you did, I would bring it. I'd give you everything if that's the thing you delighted in. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. The sacrifice to God that we say, hey, I gotta give him more, I gotta give him more. At some point, he's gonna be pleased. That's not what he wants. A contrite heart, a broken heart, Jesus, I need you. I love you. I'm at the end of myself and I've got nothing to give. And and I need you. I need you to redeem me. I need you to buy me back. And I need you daily. That's the thing he delights in. That's what he takes pleasure in. Okay, now the, the mindset of a servant Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I don't, I don't live anymore. This mindset is, it's not my life anymore. 
there's a, there's a quote, Oswald Chambers, the passion of Christianity is that I deliberately sign away my own rights and become a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Until I do that, I do not begin to be a saint. I deliberately give everything away and sign it all over. I, I no longer have rights. Keys, keys to this mindset. No job is beneath them. We, we saw that Jesus when he was washing their feet. He took the, the lowliest job. I mean, he easily, he could have pointed any one of the disciples and said, hey, hey, when we go into the room, there's not going to be a servant there, so I want you to do this. He took the lowest job. The second one, uh, you cannot be taken advantage of. If you don't have any rights and, and it, it's what you're called to, you can't be taken advantage of. We had a uh, volunteer at Potter's House years ago and she would drive a van for us. And so she'd go and, and pick different people up and uh, one week the kids were kind of all over. So she was in the car for probably about an hour and she drove to the south side of town and over to the west side of town and then went to drop them off. And, and she drove and this week uh, nobody showed up. So kids were out or kids were gone and, and so nobody showed up. So she shows up here anyway and she comes in and she goes, uh, I drove and nobody was there. And I'm immediately going, oh gosh, I'm really sorry that you wasted an hour. I'm so sorry that you spent all that time and you're willing to do, like, I'm like overly doing it because I don't want to lose her as a volunteer. And she just stops me, she cuts me off and she goes, I didn't waste any time. God asked me to do this. God's in charge of my time. And so I didn't waste any time. This is God's hour. And so I went and I spent the hour exactly the way that God wants me to spend the hour. He knew what, what, what was going to happen. So you're not taking advantage of me. I didn't miss out on anything. You can't be taken advantage of if, if you're a servant. Um, next one. No need for repayment or gratitude. Hey, this... This is, my, this is my life, this is my identity, this is what I'm doing. So there, there's no need. Now, great if it happens, and, and we don't need to, oh, no, no, you don't need to say that. Thank you so much. I, I, okay. But, but there's not a need in this mentality. Service is rendered to any person regardless if they deserve it or not. So we, we look deep into a person and, and we see that, okay, this is a person. I'm not, I'm, not gauging, I'm not gauging whether they deserve it or not. I'm not gauging what, what happens from it. I'm not, hey, I'll serve if you make sure and turn your life around and become great and then I'll show that my service was worth it. No, 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 no. I, my service is there whether or not I think you deserve it or not. A uh, couple application points. Uh, the first one is servants serve. So I don't want us to walk out of here going, okay, great. He said that it's really about an identity more than doing service, so really I don't have to serve. Well, no, that's, that's what servants do, they serve. So if we walk out of here and we all take the mentality of a servant, servants serve. That's how they spend their life. That, that's what comes from deep inside them when they wake up in the morning, when they're at school, when they go to work, when, when everything they do, that's what they do. So 
Different ways that you can serve. Uh, Serve your family. Serve your children. I mean, just over and over and over again. Not, Not in a spoiling way, but serve. Yeah, you, you bet I'd love to go do something like that with you. And, and it, it, it will change them. My mom served myself and my two brothers her whole life. I mean, she really, I, I think it is her driving uh, theme in life that uh, she's just supposed to do for us anything that we need or want since we were little. It's unbelievable. So serve your spouse. Serve your children. Serve your brothers and sisters. So that's, that's one. Um, two, serve your roommates. Just go throughout your days figuring out how you can serve your roommates. Figuring out how you can make life for them better. Lifting them up. Okay? Third, serve at work. Don't worry about promotions, titles. Serve your company. Make your boss look amazing. Just Make your boss look unbelievable in their job. Make your coworkers shine like never before. Not so you get something out of it because that's what you do. You look to your right and you look to your left and you go, my goodness, I want to do whatever I can to help that person do the greatest thing they can do. Uh, Serve people in our community through building relationships. Like I said before, our dream at Potter's House is that we would bring people together and they would love and serve each other in a way. Maybe they don't have a lot of similarities. Maybe they do. But we want to bring people together with this mindset and and just see the really, really neat things happen. Uh, There's about to be a video of these two ladies, Jenny Beth and Kalisha. Uh, Jenny Beth started leading Kalisha's small group when she was in high school. And so they formed this relationship uh, and, and they have grown to be really, really good friends. And Kalisha got married a few years ago and Jenny Beth was in her wedding and they've gone on trips together and they have seen and experienced really, really neat things in their relationship. So check out a little bit of, of their story. Um, we met your senior year. So in 2011, when I got to start leading uh, your small group, and do you remember coming over to our house for homecoming? I do remember. I remember getting lost. Yes. <laughs> I would say one of the key moments that I remember is um, not only the Guatemala Trail, but also our um, senior trail yes. to go Shore. Yes. And yes. I feel like that is where our um, friendship and our relationship really bonded. Mm-hmm. I say I have learned um, so much about my relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. um, through you and how you serve your family as well. It kind of gives me a perspective of uh, maybe a godly, mo- mm-hmm. a godly woman, mommy, and all of that stuff. And, um, and maybe what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really say much, but just me observing your actions is a big encouragement for me versus what you say. We have like similar, maybe not similar upbringing, but we have that Eastern, kind of central Arkansas, mm-hmm. kind of portrait going on. Yeah. So I feel like diversity, um, it kind of puts you in a position of seeing things from a different perspective mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. like you said, uh, your life and your perspectives and your community would be so much fuller if you mm-hmm. have that diverse perspective on things. Life is fuller and better with diversity. 
and, and with, with seeking out relationships um, that might be out of the norm and might be out of just my world that's right here because it expands my heart it expands my world um, and I'm just better for it I just I'm a better person for having um, this special relationship when I think about the body of Christ I mean it is diverse and so if I don't have that in my life then I'm, I'm missing out um, I'm missing out. And so I think I see more fully who Jesus is. I think I see more fully his love for us, his acceptance of us, um, his graciousness and compassion towards us. In a lot of ways, it's just easier to be friends and have relationships with people who are just like us. And they look like us and they talk like us and they were raised like us. But when we take a servant mentality, everybody in our community and, and we look and we go, hey, I want to have relationships with lots of different people. It, it is, it's the body of Christ. So it's a really neat way. And so it was, it was really neat to see that. So um, that, that's the first application, serve and serve. The second one is servanthood connects us to Jesus. So when, when we take this mentality of doing service, it's, it's us doing these acts that, that hopefully Jesus sees and it's our, it's our sacrifices and it's our offerings, things like that. Then there's this mentality of, okay, I have to become a servant. Okay, well, Jesus, now I'm deeply connected to you because, okay, that was your mentality. Now I'm taking the mind of Christ and, and guess what? I, I get to the place where I can't do this. I, I can't be a servant every day all the time that's the best place to be that's that's exactly the place that Jesus wants us to be he sets this extremely high bar for us to realize you can't do it without me I'm not looking for you to go out and do things and do things and then I'll be pleased with you and bring me your sacrifices I I want you to throw your hands up and go God my heart is prideful and it's just it's just not good I just don't want to serve. I don't really like that person. I want to be great. I want this. Okay, Jesus, I need you. That's the good news. That's the good news there. Look at this quote. True service comes from a relationship with the divine other deep inside. There's something that is deeply connected horizontally and vertically vertically so there's something that's connected there and we see it throughout scripture that okay we're supposed to serve the divine other inside somebody so so when we when we look at somebody when we go down to south church and and we serve and and we look across the table and we serve and we get to the end of the day and and nobody says thank you that's okay we, we serve the divine deep inside somebody. Um, there, you're about to see another story of Andrew and Daniel. And, and you're going to just hear a little bit about them. But they've been, their lives have overlapped in lots of different ways. Uh, Daniel's wife became a part of Andrew and, and his family's life. Um, she was in their small group. 
And then uh, she really kind of moved in with them, became part of their family. And Daniel's from Cameroon, you'll hear that. And, and so Daniel moved here, they got to know each other. And it's just, it's been really neat. So here, here's a snippet of their story. some point like just yeah. disappear yeah. and uh <laughs> probably <good thing. laughs> well i mean you probably thought like who is this guy is he gonna stay around i was like uh let's see you know i don't know daniel let's you know let's see if this is if, if he's gonna stick it out i think more than anything it was good for me and even for you yeah. to to learn how to communicate with one another and, and learn how to um, express our opinion you know I've, I've told you this a million times i come from a culture that doesn't like confrontation so I'd rather walk away rather than saying how I feel. But over the years, whether it was just you and I, uh, you, Ren, and I, or even Ashley, the four of us, we, we've learned to say what we what we think and still be respectful for each other. And I think that's what has built our relationship and friendship. I mean, I know one way I've seen you serve me and my family is when I ask for something, your answer is yes. Like the idea of painting our bathroom was just... It's just one of those things that hung over our head for weeks. You know, and so so we call and, and, and in asking you to do that, I knew the answer would be yes. And it wasn't a obligatory, I have to do this, yes. It was just a I mean, you see us as family, and so it's like, yeah, this is what I do for families. I I think the concept of forgiveness and love and unconditional love has I've seen it in you over and over and over. Um, you know, I, I I know for a fact that you could have given up on me so many times, uh, but but you didn't, and, and that speak of the character of God, how He loves us unconditionally, and He's there for us uh, over and over and over. Like you said earlier, I came from Cameroon, um, speaking a different language, um, having a different way of living a different paradigm, coming in America to Northwest Arkansas, still don't know why. And being able to build relationship with, with you, it, 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 it's changed the way I see things. It's changed the way I, I see God working in my life and in my family. Um, it's just changed me completely. Just because you start out and say, hey, we're different, the long view and, and, and being steady in that relationship faithful is really, I mean, that's something that I think we've seen be real valuable. And if I look back, I wouldn't be who I am or where I am today if I had a I had relationship with people like you. The spiritual disciplines are not to beat us up, to make us feel like we're doing a really terrible job. It's to give us insights into how to commune with the, the greatest. And so I, I hope we walk out of here saying, you know what? I've got to take the mentality of a servant and that drives us to Jesus. It drives us to need our Savior every moment of every day. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for this body. Uh, I thank you for the people that are here. I just pray for wisdom. I pray uh, against shame and fear and I pray for um, just a body that would take on your mind